the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right, welcome back. Hour number two here on this Thursday edition of Lifeline. With me today in studio is Dr. Jerry Buckner, speaker on Contending for the Faith. Heard Sunday, I'm sorry, Saturday evenings at 7 p.m. Pardon me, getting all choked up. 7 p.m. right here on KFAX. Also joining us in studio is his son, Ben. And uh, Ben, I want to pick up the story here um, from where we left off before yeah. the break. So you're you're in this awkward place, as we delineated, where you're not really fitting in. Right. You're having issues at school to the point where you're, you're avoiding school to kind of avoid a lot of the problems with your peers. Right. Your grades are suffering, and you're kind of in a place in life where it's like, I don't care. Yes, exactly. you got a guy at home who's got a DR in front of his name, mm-hmm. and so you're feeling pressure at home, pressure at school. You're just kind of escaping it all by cutting whenever and as often as you possibly can. Finally, the bully's on campus. You're an easy target. Right. you got to defend yourself. Right. You might not have started it, but they forced you to finish it in a sense. Exactly. And eventually all that catches up with you. Yes, it So does. now it's expulsion, it's juvenile hall. It's juvenile hall. Mm-hmm. you got to at some point say, wait a minute here. I didn't sign up for any of this. Yeah. I didn't start the fight. I didn't ask for biracial parents. Right. I didn't ask to be disinterested in school. This is the lot I got handed. And I was angry. You know, I was, I was really just angry at that point and you know i um in juvenile hall i was really you know um, i went back a second time after you know making a phone call to a guy that i got into a fight with and they ended up sending me back to juvenile hall and when i was in there i was thinking you know um this isn't what i want to do with my life and you know i um eventually well, to make up all the units that I didn't get, I went to a continuation school where it was like it was only one day a week, and you'd take the work home and do it at home. And I was happy at that point because I didn't have to deal with all the You're out the of the kids. pressure cooker. Right, you know? and I didn't think drugs were cool. I didn't think – I wasn't into it because I just – you know, I always had a thing against, you know, um, conforming to what society thinks you should be and what, what – um, roles you should fit into. So I, um, in juvenile hall, I was like thinking, I was like, man, when I get out of here, I just want to, you know, so I cut off a lot of bad connections that I had with, with people that weren't good influences, the few people that I did talk to and, you know, just focused on making up units and, um, credits and stuff like that. Um, and eventually, um, a principal at a new district that was like, um, you know, 20 minutes north of us he was like yeah you could come um we'll give you another chance you could come in um our school and um i went there and it was a more diverse environment so i was uh you know able to make a lot more friends you know it wasn't um i wasn't 
like an outcast at that school. And, you know, I, I found a girlfriend at that point that, um, you know, I was dating for a long time. And, um, yeah, from that point on, I hadn't got into any more fights really, but, um, I still didn't get good grades my junior to senior year. And I ditched every now and then I still didn't, you know, have faith in myself. When so some of the school. old patterns, some were of the still old there, patterns yeah. were still there. And, um, but I stayed away from fighting, you know, and I had a lot more friends, um, there. Um, but I still had no motivation to, um, get good grades or study or do anything. So, um, you managed though to eventually graduate. Yeah. Yeah. I, somehow I graduated, um, I made up a lot of units at the continuation school, which was really easy and really awesome because I, you know, I was able to make them up quickly. And, um, you know, the principal at the school also really liked me and the teachers really liked me because I guess they all saw that I was really a good kid. I know I didn't have a desire to, you know, do bad things. I wasn't getting in trouble, you know, selling drugs. I wasn't getting in trouble, you know. Um, having sex with a ton of girls. I wasn't getting in trouble doing stuff like that. I was getting in trouble just not going to school and fighting. That's, like, the main thing. And, um, yeah, so. So he graduates from high school, and you and Nancy are in the parking lot after the graduation ceremony doing your happy dance, (laughs) right? (laughs) Figuring what? Well, this is not really what we had hoped for. But we'll settle for this. At least he can say he's got an earned high school diploma and maybe a job working at Costco or Safeway. Hope for the best at that point. Yeah? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that uh, he hadn't brought up is that uh, they, when he went through the expulsion, uh, they, the schools just didn't want to pick him up, mm-hmm. none of the high schools. Uh, and so this principal at Terra Linda uh, had it in his heart to say, let's give this kid a try. Let's give him a try. And then when he met with Ben and he met with us, he said, now, I'm giving you a try. I'm giving you an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Don't make me look bad now. <laughs> I don't want you to make me look yeah, bad. Yeah, I want that's you. not the first time he heard that either. That's right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, sure enough, uh, he gave him that opportunity, and he didn't make him look bad. He just uh, kept going and doing what he's supposed to do. And uh, yeah. you can pick up from there. Yeah, I still kept going, and yeah. So you you brought your grades up enough. You you yeah. showed enough interest C's, to be able to at least yeah. cross the finish line. Right. They hand you the diploma. As you're thinking at this point, okay, whew, yeah, high school is behind it's me. Over. And, and, and as someone who d- doesn't have a lot of real pleasant memories of high school either, frankly, I, I get that. Yeah. Now that that's behind you, you're ready to be an adult. What's yes. on the horizon? What are you What are you thinking? What's in well, your the funny thing about that is that's when it really hit me to go to college and try. I was taking a semester off from school. I didn't. I decided I was working at Safeway um, my senior year um, as a courtesy clerk, and I was like, you know, a semester went by. I wasn't um, in school. I wasn't, you know, chasing a career. I wasn't, you know, doing anything really that I wanted to, you know. Pro, you know, I wasn't prospering. And, and a little bit yeah. of break, given the stress that those years represented right. for you. Right. It's probably not a bad thing. But it, but at some point, Ben, do you say, you know, do I want to be finishing my career at 65, answering, you right. know, asking paper or plastic? Yeah, you know, right? exactly. And I was like, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life because a lot of people I worked with at Safeway, they just, you know, 
weren't happy where they were at and i was just like okay i'm i'm gonna just go to college and try and at this point are you come on i'll, I'll teach you theology you can become <laughs> assistant pastor a lot of parents do that push 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 gotta follow in my footsteps what, what, what are you and nancy saying to him career-wise at this point well that's a very good question uh one of the things that we were saying uh is that you know God has made us all. We always uh, taught this. God has made us all unique and distinct. Uh, and nobody should try to force anybody to be uh, just like them uh, or force them into the ministry. Uh, so I told my son, I said, uh, God will, uh, we've trained you up in the way that you should go. Um, and the scriptures in Hebrew is basically train up a child in the way of his bent. That's what it mm. says in the in the Hebrew. Uh, a lot of people don't understand that, but they think it's referring to, you know, just teaching. But it's where you see the talent in the child, and you kind of direct it in that direction. You nurture that. Yes, you have to nurture mm. that. And a lot of people don't see that, that verse from there. So we just kept saying from that passage that let's just allow God to – uh, work in his life and direct him where he wants to, to lead him. And so he decided to say, you know, I want to go in the field of social work. All right, and, now let, let me interrupt here because yes. this is his story. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so early on and for a long time, you're about get me away from it, Yeah. get me beyond it, get yeah. me through it. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, you're at a point where you're you're thinking about not what you're running from behind you, but what you're heading toward. Right. And you see that you're heading essentially toward nothing at this point. Right. You make a decision. Okay, I'm, I'm going to try this scholastic thing again. Yeah. That, you must have been terrified. I was. I To this day, I still don't know what it was that made me decide to go back. Like, I don't, you know, it's funny because it's just like, you know, I never excelled in school, so it's like, why would I want to put myself back in that and situation? You're forced to go till grade 12 by your parents and the government. Yeah, so, but exactly. I'm going to do this voluntarily? Let me think this through here for a exactly, moment. Exactly, exactly. So I was like, okay, I'm going to start off with two classes, you know, before I was taking um, – you know, like seven classes a day because, you know, in high school you go from like eight in the morning to like three. And I was like fascinated with the, you know, idea that I can make my own schedule. I can, you know, take a smaller load and let me just try it out. I mean, I guess that's what people do when they get out of high school. They go to college, right? So they, you know, I was like, okay, let me try it out. So I ended up taking, um, I think... The first class I took was English, and then another class was psychology, and then a counseling course with that, too. And while taking the psychology class, I learned a lot, you know, about the mind, and um, it really fascinated me and, and drew me to it. And I was like, you know, I could see myself doing something in psychology. But some things you learned about yourself, too, looking back. I mean, yeah. you, you you delineated the struggle with identity, the challenges right. of being raised biracial and in a part of the Bay Area that, you know, is pretty white bread. So right. there's a lot of a lot of issues in terms of, of self-worth, self-value, yes. self, self-image that you, you struggled with, not because anything wrong with you, but because, you know, everybody's 
putting their garbage on you. Right, right. But now at the end of the day, it may be their garbage. You are forced to deal with it. Yeah, I'm forced to deal with it. And, you know, I can't sit around feeling sorry for myself. I can't, you know, um, say, oh, look, you know, I had an unfortunate, you know, time in high school, unfortunate events happen to me. Um, I'm just going to, you know, use that as a cop out. Is there a point for you here, Ben, going back? You mentioned about your upbringing and the way in which your parents instilled not only moral values but spiritual values in you that you were able to draw from as a source of strength. Is there a point for you where you're – and I know everybody listening thinks, well, he's raised by a (laughs) pastor. Of course, he gave his heart to Christ at the age of one (laughs) and was preaching at three. Is there a point at which you then have to come to terms with your own relationship with God and your identity, your self-worth, not from what the racists think and the Looney Tunes think, yeah. but from what God thinks? When, when does that point happen for you? It starts to happen around 18, 19. I'm still figuring things out. Um, it wasn't until I was like um, – I was getting good grades and stuff, but I didn't really come into my identity until I was about, you know, maybe 20 to 23. And um, it was just, uh, you know, all the stuff I was raised with, it it kind of came up again. And, um, you know, I had remembered – you know, I, gave, I said I gave my uh, soul to the Lord when I was um, – a young kid, you know, I went over it with my dad and, you know, I really thought I meant it, but somehow I strayed. And, you know, in myself, I had to uh, seek guidance and prayer. And I believe to this day, it's the Lord that, you know, inspired me to go to school and, you know, made me make that decision. So um, because I always knew deep down that I was a good kid and, you know, I was always respectful to my elders. You know, they, they, my parents taught me, you know, how to treat people. And, you know, um, if it was up to me in high school, I would have just been playing basketball and doing sports. Now, let me interrupt there because mm-hmm. you, you just made the statement, I always knew deep down that I was a good kid. Right. Now, Dr. Buckner, that uh, other than your righteousness is filthy rags, <laughs> that, that isn't typically a viewpoint or a perspective that most children struggling with identity crisis and the layers of which your son had to deal with that were put on him, as we said a moment ago, that isn't a perspective that they normally come up with. I hear him say that, and immediately I think in the back of my mind, I know why that is, because Jerry and Nancy were constantly reinforcing that and encouraging him and 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 causing him to think of himself not in the way other people think of him but in the way God thinks of him mm-hmm. to be able to develop that kind of perspective to say that you know what deep down I still have value I still have worth Jesus died on the cross for me so all is not lost there is in fact hope here Oh, yeah, and you sum it up very well. What you just said is what we instilled in him. And when he uses the the phrase, uh, I knew I had some good in me, he's saying, in essence, what his parents put in him in Christ. And we also always told him, and this is something that uh, Stephen Curry has on his uh, uh, you know basketball shoe, 
Philippians 4 and 13. Mm-hmm. We always told them you can do all things through Christ to strengthen you. And, we, and that's so important because so often we will, when when a kid comes home with bad grades, we will reinforce the negative. Well, you're stupid, you're ignorant, you 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 fail in school because you're lousy and lazy, and you hear all of that negative talk, and you help to reinforce all of that negative energy and imagery. And as a result, at the end, it's like brainwashing. Then we wonder why our kids are lazy, why our kids come across like they're stupid. Well, you spent 20 years as they were being raised in your household telling them that. What do you expect them to do? Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's funny you say that because mm-hmm. a lot of the kids that I grew up with, their their parents weren't together. Or, you know, they maybe their dad was away for a long time and didn't really um, or wasn't involved in their life or their mother wasn't involved in their life. And um, they were given everything on like a silver platter mm-hmm. and you know they weren't um taught you know um the proper proper like morals and and stuff like that and it was um you know they ended up a lot of kids that i knew and grew up with ended up going down hill because later they didn't really have a solid foundation and kids that i knew that were like so happy in high school because they were you know they had so many friends and you know they were getting good grades and stuff a lot of them i know that committed suicide or have ended up in jail so many people that i knew that i thought man these kids are going places and then i think back man uh they didn't have that guidance instilled in them they didn't have that direction no foundation no foundation yeah so now the earthquake comes we just passed the anniversary of the loma prieta earthquake yeah and the whole building collapses Mm -hmm. because the whole structure is built on shifting's hand we've never taken the time to drive the pylons down and that really comes to parenting and exhortation and encouragement and god's word to drive pylons down Mm -hmm. to bedrock right so that when the tremors of life come, and they will come, mm-hmm. that you have the foundation that is capable to withstand that shifting, to survive Absolutely. the proverbial storm. Right. And because of that, I feel like I, you know, um, I've always had resilience in me, and I've always had that, um, you know, uh, sensibility to roll with the punches and to kind of like, you know, with God on my side and, and faith in my heart. And I had to keep a lot of faith in my years through college because, you know, how the professors are, you know, um, uh, they teach a lot of, um, you know, atheist, atheistic ideas. And um, it's just like um, I had to have that in me um, from the, from a very early age. So it isn't to say that once you got through high school, you're an adult, you're now making your own choices, um, you are in a position where you can better um, – head towards certain things and 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 move away from others right. uh you still have the challenge of things that are being presented before you right. within the scholastic environment that are completely contrarian yes to what you were raised so with so you're raised, raised to believe that you know god created earth in six days and they yeah. tell you no a big explosion happened yeah and all this order came out of it yeah and uh evolution and you know, I took a philosophy course and listening to all these different philosophers like Nietzsche and, um, you know, people that say God is dead and whatnot. It was all new to me, you know, and I was like soaking it in and I had to um, have a lot of faith in me to kind of, you know, debunk that and to look at it from a um, an outsider looking in um, and see see what I got out of it as an outsider, you know, 
not based on what I was taught and compare it to um, sound teaching and um, theological teaching that my dad um, instilled in me at a young age because I was always taught about cults. Um, a lot of people that I knew that just went to church, they, they don't know the difference between a Jehovah Witness and Mormon. And, you know, so it was really helpful having um, a dad. You had a bit of was, an advantage here. Yeah. You know, a huge advantage oh, here yeah. right, in that yeah. regard. You know, walking. We, yeah. we saw all the encyclopedias because yes. dad's here. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, you know, it's interesting because you, you, you've characterized yourself several times as an outsider in your career through high school and your career going through college and the pressure coming, different types, peer pressure initially, not fitting in, all of this, then later on the the scholastic or educational peer pressure. And yet at the end of the day, isn't it very true, Dr. Buckner, that we are all, in fact, outsiders? And by that I mean we may be in this world, feet firmly planted, but we're not of this world. That we don't serve the God of this world. We serve a higher God with higher purposes. And so, therefore, we all are, in a sense, outsiders, just kind of passing through this experience. Not to say that there are not aspects of of being here on earth that are not a huge blessing. I thank God every day that, that, that I was born and have an opportunity to experience it all, good and bad. Oh, yeah. But at the yeah. end of the day, we're really not citizens of this kingdom, are we? No, we're not. We're not citizens of this kingdom, but... At the same time, uh, God has put us here as citizens to be salt and light, uh, to be a light in the midst of the darkness, because the Scriptures is clear that the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ should shine within them. So we are to be that light, and we are to be that salt, that preservative, because the world around us is decaying. And uh, the problem with so many people is that uh, and even the church, to some degree, has become secret agents and undercover agents. And God has called us to be that salt and to be that light. And and so many, sadly, and it goes back to the point you made uh, earlier on with regard to the shortcoming of understanding what true discipleship is, that so often we are the influenced as opposed to being the influencers. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's easy to stand back and have society and culture and peer pressure influence how we think, how we act, what we do, who we associate with, Mm -hmm. all of it, when in fact God says, no, as my children redeemed of my blood, created in my image, I expect you as the body of Christ, as disciples, as followers of me, to be the influencers and touching the lives all around you so that you don't sit back and have the world's kind of ride over you and, and like, a, like a wave and hope that you survive, but rather that you can be the one that's influencing everyone and everything around you in that sphere of influence that God has blessed you with. Yeah, we, we have become, uh, many churches have become uh, uh, anonymous churches, <laughs> and we've also become the invisible church. And, or, or spectators. Yes, and spectators. <laughs> we just watch, it, watch somebody else make it happen. Yes, yes, and God is saying, no, I've called you to be the visible church, and when you become the invisible church, you know, there's nothing to be uh, experienced but uh, a paganistic world around us and uh, secularism, humanism, and a postmodern world. And my son, I, I really appreciate him because uh, he has a, a great articulate mind and just bringing up Nietzsche and bringing up 
philosophers and taking classes like that, uh, he does know how to debate. And I think a lot of it has to do with us just putting that root in him. Because if you don't have that foundation going into the secular world today, as well as secular schools, you come out. And I'm sad to say, I'll say this in the, in the end on this, is that if even if you don't have this foundation going into most of our seminaries, mm. and the, 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 cool. you, you can come out being a liberal. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> we're going to take a time out, but you, you mentioned Nietzsche again, and, and it reminds me, I saw a photograph recently. Somebody had done a billboard, big billboard on the middle of a, the side of a freeway, and mm-hmm. then said, you know, God is dead, Nietzsche. Oh, Somebody had the presence of mind, uh, some graffiti <laughs> artist, to climb up there and cross the whole oh thing gosh. out and wrote, Nietzsche is dead, God. Oh, good. <laughs> Thank God. We take a time out. We come back with more. Look at traffic right now, 633. Michael Bennett, tell us what's going on out there. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Dr. Jerry Buckner's Christian Apologetics program, Contending for the Faith, can be heard every Saturday evening live here at KFAX at 7 p.m. It's an interactive program, so you can call in with your questions, and uh, Dr. Buckner will provide you biblical insight and understanding in terms of developing a Christian worldview and, and exercising good discipleship and learning what Christian apologetics is all about. Again, Contending for the Faith, Saturday evenings at 7 p.m. right here on KFAX. Also, I'll mention if you're enjoying tonight's broadcast, you'd like to hear it again or share it with a friend, all of the evidence, I I mean the recording, uh, will be available at the Lifeline podcast tonight. Jarrell is in there laughing. It is some evidence, isn't it? (laughs) The uh, podcast available tonight about 7.15. Go to kfax.com and uh, look on the Lifeline page and you'll find the podcast available right there. You can uh, download it and uh, share links as well. I want to pick up the story now where we left off and um, been in terms of this transition. So you've gone from lackluster scholastic career, you've put your toe in the water at the collegiate level, yeah. and lo and behold, you start to find out something about your your study abilities. Right. I mean, so after going to, you know, take my first test, um, I've never done good on a written exam before. Um, unless, except when I was 16, I got my driver's permit and I passed that. So I guess when I was really motivated yeah. for something, <laughs> yeah. I actually getting the car keys is a big yeah, motivation yeah. to pass that test. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, when I was in college, I took my first test and I was able to recall like mostly all the information word for word based on like my studies. And I ended up getting an A. I, took another test, got an A, took another test, got an A, and I'm like, whoa, I've never done this before. So my first semester, all A's. Um, Do you feel at some point going to the teacher and saying, I'm sorry, you've clearly mixed me up yeah, with somebody else? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I actually did. I'm like thinking that. And but and you bring it home, and, and Jerry, what do you think? This kid, son of a gun, he's cheating. Yeah. <laughs> he's copying yeah. from the guy next to yeah, us. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Right? Yeah, because, <laughs> yeah, 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 so um, – all the classes I, I took, uh, math classes, English classes, science classes, all A's. And I'm just, each semester that I get A's, it just reinforced uh, my confidence and um, allowed me to keep pushing towards my goal and pushing to keep that, um, you know, solid. Um, um, keep the momentum yeah, going. Yeah, keep the momentum going. Yeah, yeah. So, 
um, it was just a shock to me, and I was just like, I, w- I just kept rolling with it, and I just kept doing well. Your 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 sense of now working toward a goal, yeah, begins to emerge, and you can see the fruit of your labor in, in accomplishing what you set out to do, and yeah. then saying, okay, we've done this, now let's move on to the next. Right. Um, I, I don't want to give away all the inside story here, but eventually you graduate with an AA. Yes, two and AAs. Another AA. Yeah, yeah. So one in social and behavioral uh, sciences and then another one in psychology. And um, so I graduate with two AAs and I get a um, clear shot into Sonoma State University and I continue to get A's there. And um, yeah, I I get um, offers to be in fraternities and um, I get, um, you know, uh, on the honors list and stuff like that. And, and let me pause there. And, and Dr. Buckner, suddenly you're thinking, what do they do with my kid? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now he's the smart kid in school. <laughs> this is entirely yeah. new behavior. And you and Nancy have got to be absolutely thrilled and and on your knees rejoicing before the Lord. Oh, yes. We're absolutely rejoicing and praising the Lord. I mean, this is the breakthrough breakthrough that you've been praying for. Oh, yes. And that's why I say to every parent out there, you know, uh, keep hope alive, you know, and Mm -hmm. because that's the key right now is hope that, you know, we're trusting that some parent out there that's listening right now that's going through some trials and tribulations there is power in prayer. I told somebody one time, and they were so blessed by this. I told my students, as I said, prayer doesn't change things. Because a lot of times we always say yeah, we prayer, changes prayer changes things. things yeah. But prayer changes people, yes. and people change mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And somebody prayed for me one day, and that was my mother and her mother, my grandfather. And when it comes to Ben, a multitude of people were praying. Mm. The scriptures let us know, James chapter 5, the effectual, mm-hmm. fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So in other words, he didn't have a chance. So you finish at Marin City, and then you, you go on to Sonoma. Yes. And this continues. Yeah, it continues, and um, my teachers come to me asking me if I want letters of recommendation. Uh, they ask me if I want a TA for them, and I'm just like, these are like prestigious professors. And, and, and like, when wow. you're thinking back to where you were yeah. just a scant four, five, six years ago, that has to feel like a lifetime ago. It 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 does, and and it was like, it's just amazing, and and. When I was in high school, I forgot to mention this. I was also in um, like slow learning classes, like um, IEP. Um, you know, for people that you know after doing tests with me, but I was never trying on the test. I was never, you know, doing well on the test and everything. So um, yeah, once I got to college, I actually tried, and it felt just so good to just you know prove the teachers wrong and prove everyone wrong that said I wouldn't make it. And I think that's an important item to underscore for a lot of parents listening right now that are frustrated and fearful that their child is not succeeding because for some reason they didn't get the good gene, they're not that smart, they don't have the ability. Uh, Let's differentiate between 
not being capable and not trying. Right. There's and a difference. And your yeah. kid may may not be trying or or may may be trying in the wrong way or may have an abundance of of roadblocks in the way as yeah. you did. Yeah. Or even if you had tried, the cards were all stacked against you at almost right. every turn. Yeah, and it's you know, it's really about it's not about IQ, it's not about how you know, um, intellectual you are or, or whatever. It's about how you commit yourself to studying and investing in application and, um, you know, um, working towards a goal. And once you have a goal set in your mind, you can achieve it if you stick to it with the help of the Lord, of course. And um, that's something I always, you know, had. I was, I was, despite feeling isolated from my peers and everyone else, I never felt isolated from God. I always kept faith, um, you know, um, I always kept the faith, and, and that's the important core um, in Christianity. You've got to have faith and, and believe, you know, and in and, and the college world, they're always trying to debunk God. It's very scientific. It's very, um, you know, factual and, um, you know, empirical. So it's it's just um, you got to keep, keep faith and, and um, yeah. Definitely. And as this guy will tell you, there's a lot in Christianity that's very factual yeah, and empirical right, too. Right, right, that's right. They may not yeah. want to admit it, yes. but but that's 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 the facts, as they yes, say. Yes. For you to walk across that stage, graduating with your bachelor's mm-hmm. degree, uh, I mean, you know, is this sort of a time to want to reach up and high five God? Yes, it is. It was surreal at first. And that was just in May of this year, we'll mention. Yeah, it was just in May, and it still uh, feels amazing that I was able to accomplish that. And, yeah, I just, you know, I thank God every day for it and in my alone time. And And your son has gone from being the pex bad boy, flunk out, loser that nobody wanted to associate with, to now two AAs, bachelor's degree, completely changed his scholastic life around and do you notice a a, a difference in his attitude is, oh. is he like a different guy now oh yes yes uh there's an old expression that says your attitude can determine your altitude mm. but it also can determine your latitude it can determine your altitude how high you go but mm-hmm. it can also determine your latitude how low you go and we see a completely different person uh not only in terms of his walk with god but just pursuing uh, to go to the top. He's he's talking about a master's degree and even possibly a doctor degree. And I do want to add this uh, to give credit that uh, I'm on the go quite a bit, but I always try to balance things out on a social level and have that one-on-one. It's critical that parents have that one-on-one with their children Make time. as well as the collective time. And my other kids now, they are doing that with their children because they say, we saw you take that one-on-one time. Well, you know, I heard it said, and and, and I think it's very true. Uh, You know, priests will tell you this, pastors will tell you this. I've never sat at the dead deathbed of a parishioner who said, if I'd only spent more time at the office. You never hear that, right? Mm -hmm. It's always, if I'd only spent more time with my spouse, if I'd only spent more time with my family, if I'd only taken more time to smell the roses, to appreciate the simple things in life. And uh, so those are where the regrets are. So instead of waiting for that lesson to be taught to you on your deathbed, to wise up and realize, you know, 
now is the opportunity. And even for parents listening, saying, but I've wasted so much time already. Mm. Yes. You still have time in front of you. You yes. sure do. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the things that I want to give credit to in the Lord is my wife, Nancy, because uh, uh, I was doing a lot of ministry things and on the go. Uh, but uh, she's a registered nurse. She's been a registered nurse at Marin General for 37 years. She's very uh, bright as well. And she uh, has specialized in the area of math and academia. So she, uh, I give a lot of credit to her and the Lord because she spent countless hours uh, working with Ben. And today now, I'm sure you're aware of this as well, that uh, the homework for students now is just unbelievable. What you and I went through in our generation uh, and the stuff that was given to us is a whole different world now with the technology and all of the internet and all that. But my wife spent countless hours and then Ben bounced from her to start doing it on his own and we would look at him on the couch and he would have all of his notes and his homework assignments organized, structured, and he didn't need our help anymore. He was just kind of like on his own. With well, it. and Nancy's probably listening right now thinking, yeah, I know who did all the real work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know where definitely. all the real heavy lifting took yeah, place. My mom, uh-huh. my mom yeah. has definitely, um, you know, helped me out and um, helped me get really good grades. And I was in high school, you know, when I needed to pass, like, in my um, junior and senior year. So my mom is definitely – and, you know, when I want to run something by her um, – if I have a question about, you know, an essay or something, she's always there to help me out and uh, bounce some ideas off my dad, too. So, yeah, it's always yeah, been. we got to give her credit, though. Yes. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Amen. Otherwise, Amen. you're never invited back. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I would have to say, Craig, uh, do you have an extra room? That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, she's going to fix you up a bed right next to the dog. Nice and comfortable. All right. We'll take a time out, come back with some closing comments on this Thursday edition of Lifeline. All right. Final look at traffic for you, 650. And Michael Bennett, take things home. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right. Back into the home stretch here on the Thursday edition of Lifeline. And uh, we have with us today in studio... Ben Buckner and Dr. Jerry Buckner, and um, so Ben, you've you've completed now your uh, your bachelor's degree. Yes, you're uh, you're seriously looking at that run for the master's degree. Yes, and uh, we said uh, somewhat jokingly off the air, but it's probably uh, a lot more true than we day. He's going to come home and say, "Hey, pops, uh, <laughs> you want to move that certificate over a little bit? I need." <laughs> A little space for my right. doctor yeah, too. That's the goal. And then we're going to have to settle on reminding folks when they call and ask for Doctor <laughs> Buckner. They need to be more specific. Absolutely. Uh, right. Wouldn't that be great? What are you thinking of doing? Yeah. Where, where do you feel the Lord leading you? Well, I feel like the Lord is leading me. Um, um, I'm actually at a crossroads right now. I'm trying to figure out if I want to go the speech pathology route, um, the social work route, or the school psychologist route, and. Um, I'm just letting the Lord kind of like guide me and I'm studying for the GRE that I need um, to take, um, you know, um, that I need for those two, um, uh, for the speech pathology and school psychology programs. And I want to use it um, as a way to, if I don't get into speech pathology, I want to go into um, social work or the school psychology to help 
children and, you know, teens that are struggling with issues that I went through and I want to be like a healthy outlet to them. And, um, you know, I'm just keeping my options open right now and just letting the Lord lead me. And uh, I don't plan on being out of school for too long because, you know, if you don't stick with it, you, you get rusty. You get yeah. rusty. So, um, yeah, that's that's the goal right now. And um, I got a job lined up at uh, this place called the Progress Foundation where I'll be uh, doing relief counseling and stuff. So it'll be a good way for me to get my foot in the door, um, you know, working and getting experience. So. Yeah, along with the modeling and stuff. Yeah, tell us a little bit about the modeling. Yeah, touch on that. Uh, we, yeah. we, we should mention that uh, you've seen some television commercials with um, uh, Steph Curry from The Warriors. Yeah. But it wasn't always Steph Curry. Tell us about right. that. Right, yeah. It was, you know, I've done stuff for Ross. I've done stuff for, you know, um, different commercials. Um, you know, I was on a TV show, uh, 13 Reasons Why. And, yeah, doing the work with Steph Curry, that was just amazing. And I was like, man, this modeling thing is really a blessing, too, and, and it's coming in handy. So, um, yeah, getting some extra money on the side. Is- I'm sorry, Jarrell, what's that? Oh, we have a message here. Oh, Nancy says to be sure to remind everybody the good looks come from her side. Of <laughs> just want to get that out there. Yeah. This way you have a warm bed to go home to tonight. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it really sounds like that God has also um, really brought you full circle in terms of being able to shed a lot of the misconceptions, a lot of the lies that you were told yes. in terms of where your identity lies. Right. And to be able to see that first and foremost. Because today, and we, you and I have talked about this, Dr. Buckner, there's so much focus today on what people look like on the outside. Absolutely. And we, we live in a country where we feel as if, gee, we've come so far, and yet mm-hmm. you look around you and you hear the stories and people share their experiences and you find out, guess what, boy? We haven't come that far at all. God, as man judges the outside, God judges on the inside and looks at the heart. And that at the end of the day, our 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 identity should never be based in our politics, in our skin color, Mm -hmm. uh, in our political party. Our our identity needs to be based on who we are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Mm -hmm. And if we are basing our identity and our understanding of ourselves on that. Then no matter what some idiot comes across and says to you, you're too short, too fat, <laughs> too white, too black, not black enough, too yellow, not yellow enough, whatever. Right. You understand at the end of the day that there's no such thing as being too much of a disciple of his. Amen to that. Or being too much of a mirror of reflecting his character. Absolutely. And if anybody ever does come and accuse you of that, you can say, yes, and I wear that badge proudly. Amen. So I, I want you to say a word of encouragement in our waning moments here, Ben, mm-hmm. to others listening right now, parents, could be kids of parents, others listening right now, that are today where you were a decade ago, and in particular, struggling with the sense of not belonging, not fitting in, feeling as if you weren't to this or to that. What do you say to that person? Well, I would say that as life goes on, things do get better, especially if you have the Lord um, Christ Jesus in your life. Um, In high school, it feels like, you know, and when when you're young and under 18, it feels like, you know, the world is 
everything's 10 times more intense because it's just like so so uh you have so many people trying to influence you one way and pull you this way but it does get better and i want people to know that it does get better when you turn 18 and you get out of the house and you 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 start making your own decisions and um you know it's it it does get better and i would um recommend keeping faith and keeping the hope and building a thick skin and you know don't um take what everyone said you know don't the bullying don't let it influence you or affect your 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 way of being and be yourself be true to yourself and be true to what god wants you to be say a word too if you would ben to parents and grandparents out there that are hand-wringing and crying themselves to sleep at night because they have their own former Ben at home and they don't know what to do. Right. You never know what your kid's going to do. You, Like we talked about earlier, you got to let go and let God. If you've done everything in your power to influence the your child's life or grandchild's life um, and you've done everything in your power to uh, build, bring them up in the Lord, you know, sometimes the Lord has to you know, bring bring um, people back to him through his his means, and and people stray, but uh, the Lord will always bring them back, and and He has a plan for everything. So keep the faith and don't be discouraged if you know you've done everything correct in raising the child. I'm really giving Ben the last word tonight because I figure you're going to be back here on Saturday. <laughs> You've got an hour on the radio every week, so you have your chance. You know? uh, give me 20 seconds. Yes, I just want to add to what my son said and what you said about the identity and belong. You know, just remember that God loves you. I mean, that's the greatest thing that I can say. And he's got a plan for and you. And he has a plan for you. Those two things, God loves you and he has a plan for you. And remember John three sixteen. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in should not perish but have everlasting life. When the world hates you, when the world is going against you, even family, friends, remember God loves you. Amen. Tonight's podcast will be available at kfax.com. We invite you to download that, share it with friends. You want to hear more of Dr. Jerry Buckner, you can tune in Saturday evening, 7 o'clock, for Contending for the Faith. And uh, bring this guy back again soon, would you? Yeah, surely will. He, in a while, he's going to be better than you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I would got love your to competition come coming up in the rearview mirror. I know, yes. that's right. So. <laughs> and thank you, Craig, for having us on today. Yes, Pleasure to have both of you with you. Yes, Thanks for coming yes. in today. Uh, again, Ben Buckner and Dr. Jerry Buckner with us tonight. All right, that's going to do it. 7 o'clock, we're plumb out of time. Keith Crosby is waiting in the wings, so we're going to... Open up some room for him here next, and we're going to thank you for being with us. Thanks to our producer, Wanda Sanchez. My engineer, Mr. Jarrell Martin. I'm Craig Roberts reminding you, as we do every evening at this time, don't just keep the faith. Get on out there and share it. Make it a great Thursday evening. All right, guys. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved.
Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.